All right, you guys, good evening. Um, that little kitty cat. I'm gonna hope we don't get any more interruptions from the cats. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and fiddle with my hair for a second and put some oil in the diffuser. Just a second. Today's been a day where I've dropped everything. Um, so we're gonna do some tea tree and lavender and gentle baby and then after this we're gonna paint. You are an oil lover. Tell me what is in your diffuser right now. Okay, cool. We're set. All right, um, let me get a drink of water. We're gonna make this brief uh, so I can finish painting my kitchen. All right, so tonight we are talking about confession. Um, another fancy word for confession is communion or communication. Okay, so why is this important? Um, the first train of thought or the first visual image most people get when they hear the word confession is either a there's something wrong with me so i have to explain what's bad about me to someone else or you get the image of a priest and um another um member of your fellowship and while those have their place that is not the full definition of confession and in fact what I would like to encourage you to do is change the visual in your head when you hear the word confession. Just pull that image out and just put in the word communication or communicate. Um, many of us had a conversion experience where it was confess your sins and then believe that Jesus is the Son of God and then you're saved. Okay, so confession was part of our conversion experience and oftentimes that's where um, our understanding of confession ends. It begins and ends at conversion. However, there's something a little bit better and deeper available to us as believers um, when we engage in communication or in confession with our Maker and our Savior. Um, so here's how we often view uh, Yahweh. We view Yahweh, or God, as this punitive God who is waiting to scold us or correct us. And while he is a just God and he does 
offer discipline to those whom he loves, that's not the entirety of how he feels about us. That's just part of it. Um, so then we have Jesus, who's like the big brother who gets us out of trouble. You know, like we have to have him to cover our sins. And he's the one who gets us out of trouble when we do something bad. So we only confess to Jesus our sin nature or um, what's lacking in our lives. Um, okay, I thought the cat was about to jump on us. Uh, and while those things are true... The blood of Jesus does cover our sins, and there is an element of confession where we have to acknowledge that his blood covers our sin. That's not the fullness of the relationship that we were destined to have. Um, in fact, it's a really small portion. Uh, for many people, that is the entirety of the gospel, and that's where they camp out in their faith journey. However, there's more. Let me tell you, behind this door, number two is communion and walking with the Father. Um, when things go awry in our lives, and here's, here's why this is important. When things go awry in our lives, we blame God. We get mad. Well, if God loved us, he would sprinkle some Santa dust or some Santa glitter on this. And, uh, he would change our happenstance. He would change our circumstance. Um, however... God loves us and has given us a free and sound mind and in order to expect favor and access to Yahweh, we have to engage in communion and fellowship with our Savior and Maker. So if we're only experiencing Yahweh as a get-out-of-jail card or as a, um, I'm going to believe this so I don't go to hell, well, that kind of leaves the rest of your life up for free game because you didn't invite your father, you didn't invite communication, you didn't invite relationship into this place of your life. Does that make sense? So if you just expect Yahweh to show up and do something, uh, but you didn't engage or ask him, so what you're asking him to do is be a mind reader and solve the problem without your consent, and he's not going to do that. He's going to wait to be invited into your life. He will love you and hold you, um, but he's not going to force his way into your life, good or bad. Um, so let's go through some quick Bible verses. Again, this is going to be a short teaching because I need to go paint the kitchen. Um, in the beginning was the Word. Let's go to John. And this is a weird teaching for me. I love the Old Testament, but this is how much I love you. We're going to read out of the New Testament. All right, John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So in order for us to have access to the Father, we have to recognize the role Jesus plays in that relationship. Okay, so in order for us to access Yahweh, we have to access Yeshua and communicate with him. All right, Jesus is the word. I do love this verse. Um, let's find it. Uh, Jesus 1 through 3. All right, Jesus. I'm tired and I got to paint. John 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning of God with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life 
was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and darkness has overcome it. So let's take a sharp left and go to Genesis. Uh, Genesis 2, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, our collective, the Trinity, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens. So we're going to go back to that dominion thing in a minute. But let's establish this, like, midway through this message. Um, we're going to have access to Yahweh. We acknowledge Yeshua. Yeshua is the word. Okay? We are instructed to meditate on the word and to have um, intentional thought processes. So let's go to Psalm 104, verse 34. May my, may my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Okay, so we're talking about communication, right? Communication and fellowship. What you behold, you become. What you communicate with and who you communicate with is who you reflect, right? Um, the only way to the Father is through him. So, John 14. John 14, 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on the account of the works themselves. So this is encouraging us to read the Gospels and read the testimony of Jesus, uh, to read the works of our Savior. Um, the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, God, and Jesus were in complete unity. They made men, mankind, in their image. We were created to have dominion over the earth. If your experience and your limitation of confession is exclusive, is exclusive to conversion, you are missing out on the promise of God. Here's the promise. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps the earth. Let's go, to, let's go back to this verse in John. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. That's dominion. Okay. They walked in synchrony. One was not better than the other. They walked in harmony, and they walked in unity. We were made and designed to have that kind of authority, have that kind of relationship with one another. By one another, I'm not talking about just, uh, I'm not talking about just you to another human being. I'm talking about you to the Father. Okay, confession. Um, let's go to Romans. Romans 10, 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So there is this point in our conversion where we have to recognize that we are not Yeshua and we need Yeshua to get to Yahweh. Okay. 
that is important. Um, that being said, um, it's to identify our differences and recognize where we need to behold and where we need to recognize Jesus in our life and how to become like him. This wasn't to exempt us from becoming like him. This was to engage us and to encourage us to be like him. Um, So let's put this in practical terms. Um, will you be close to someone you never talk to? And the answer is no, you won't. Will you be close to someone you never spend time with? No, you won't. Uh, will you be close to someone you never observe? Will you be close to someone you never see? No, you won't. Um, the Bible tells us to guard our heart, and that is true, but you only guard your heart from people who you don't trust it with, or that who can't be entrusted with your heart, because your heart is precious. Oftentimes, we withhold our hearts from Yahweh because we are afraid. We're afraid of what he thinks and how he might feel about us. We're afraid of that punishment that we've been taught so often that we deserve. But what if Yahweh... What if Yeshua, what if they feel completely differently than us? No. What if they feel like we are supposed to be invited into fellowship with them and have dominion over the earth and engage with the Trinity to have dominion and to have perfect unity with one another? All right, that's rad. Yeah? Um, confession to Yahweh is not receiving judgment. Um, our actions do receive judgment. Uh, our actions oftentimes do require us to receive justice, um, but the confession of our heart is welcomed to our Maker and King. Read the Old Testament. David, Solomon, Judges, all of the prophets cry out to God, and the psalm offers every emotion of heartache, of joy, of laughter, of splendor, any emotion that you can think, imagine, or feel, it's all declared in the Psalms. And it's written from David, the most mighty king, to Yahweh. This man was an emotional nightmare, like he had no problem confessing his heart at any time to his maker. Let's take a gander, shall we, at some of these texts from David. Let's start in Psalm 56. This one is gentle, it's very tender, um, because Yahweh is good to us. You have kept count of my tossing, put my tears in your bottle, are they not in your book? He keeps record of our heart's confession. He keeps record of the things that bother us. Psalm 55, 1. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide yourself not from my plea for mercy. Uh, David had a lot of reasons to ask for mercy. He's a known rapist. Uh, he was a warmonger, and he was kind of a slut. Uh, he needed to ask for Yahweh's mercy, um, and he did it often. Psalm 57, 2. 
I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. Yahweh will fulfill his purpose for you. Ask for it. He will give it to you. Um, if you are sad, lonely, depressed, then ask for relationship with your father. And it's not complicated. We're going to walk through some steps to do that in just a moment. All right, Psalm 64, 5. That is not right. I wrote down the wrong one. Okay, right. By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness, O God of our salvation. Psalm 65, 5. Um, and then Psalm 65, 4. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. This is a confession of joy. Oh, my cat. <laughs> This is a confession of joy, meaning there's never a time or a season that we have to withhold our inner thoughts or our inner being or our inner um, or our emotions from Yahweh. Um, we are given the Holy Spirit um, to give us peace to engage with the Father. Okay. I want to make this very clear because... Uh, this has been skewed, and so I'm going to harp on this for just a moment, and then we're going to move on. Um, God is not chomping at the bit to smite you, okay? He's not. Uh, we were not put on this planet to receive judgment or punishment. We were put on this planet to have dominion and reflect our maker, It was supposed to be this symbiotic relationship where he made us, we were to walk with him in paradise without want, need, or ailment, and behold our maker to continue creating things, to continue discovering this new heaven and earth that he created. Okay, we were created not to receive judgment and punishment, but to walk in fellowship with the Trinity. Um, in charismania, judgment and punishment are thrilling. Um, if you grew up in a Protestant background, uh, judgment and harsh sentencing are part of the theology you learn as a middle schooler or as an elementary student at VBS. We're taught this. Um, we, are, we have been taught often judgment and punishment. What we haven't been taught is justice. And if you paid attention to my message last week, I spoke a little bit on justice and vengeance, what true justice is. Um, so I'm not going to reflect on that right now. But the purpose of this is to share with you that you were not created to be punished. You were not created to be judged. You were created to walk with our maker and have dominion over this earth. Um, let's, this is a cool verse, um, Psalm 51, 6. Behold, you delight in the truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. I'm going to read it again. It's so beautiful. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. 
we are created with a heart to behold the secret things of God. We were created to be co-creators and be on earth with our maker, not to be judged. There is a difference between fear, between a reverent fear, there is a difference like reverent fear or fear of punishment. Oftentimes we withhold our heart because we are afraid of punishment from Yahweh. Um, let's read some Proverbs. Wrong direction. Okay. Alright, Proverbs 28, 13. Um, okay, before I read this, I want to express this. Um, when we confess our hearts just to identify our sin nature, um, yo, Yahweh knows that. That's not a secret. Um, but when you confess your heart, what you're doing is creating space to release the grudge or the judgment you have against someone else or in your, toward yourself or toward your maker. Um, here's what we often see, um, as people have their exodus from the, from a congregation to, uh, engaging the father independently. Uh, here's statements that are often said. Well, I'm just mad at God right now. Um, well, God just didn't give me what I needed, and he just didn't show up for me, and I did it all right. And that is true. You might have done very just. Um, you might have done very just. You might have done very correct. You might have done very right things. Go read Job. So did he. He still lost it all and had to have... Um, oh, hello. How are you? Um, Job had it all. But he lost it. He didn't lose it because he was perfect. He lost it because he didn't understand that he... He lost it because he didn't understand that his rightness was not relationship. Okay? Um, you do not have to confess your heart to the Father. You don't have to do that. Uh, you can receive salvation, and that can be the extent of it. Or... You can power in there and get to know your maker and become a co-creator and walk in unity with him and have dominion, A, over your own mind, which many of us have released autonomy over, and B, um, you can confess your heart and start having dominion over this earth. Um, so let's look at what happens um, when we conceal our heart from him. Okay. Proverbs 28, 13. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Hardening your heart here is not in reference to, is not just referencing um, your heart to other humans. It's also your heart towards um, creation and your creator. Um, I want to give you like a very practical understanding of this. If you withhold your heart from the creator 
and you feel justified to withhold that from him. What you end up doing is creating this inner dialogue in your head. Okay, so you've got all these thoughts stored up. All of these thoughts that are stored up eventually turn to anxiety because you weren't confessing this to your maker. So now you're putting the responsibility for every loose wire and every loose train of thought of your brain into your own mind. So now you're taking something that the Lord told you he would bear. You're putting it on yourself. So now you've triggered yourself to, <laughs> to anxiety and eventually that anxiety yields instability. So you eventually end up confessing this to a therapist or your friends or whomever, but you never confess it to your maker. But whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. So then like we just put ourselves in calamity and all we had to do was talk to our maker. That's all we had to do. Now, I am not talking about anxiety, the diagnosis. I'm talking about the state of being. They're two different things. All right. Um, let's talk about Romans. Let's go to Romans for a moment. I think y'all are all shocked that I'm reading the New Testament right now. Uh, Romans 10.10. 10. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Again, this is not isolated to conversion. Um, this can be the day-to-day -day, um, encounters we have in life, and we can either surrender these day-to-day -day encounters that can keep us in bondage and keep us tightened up, or we can confess these things to our Maker and have what? Shalom, peace, unity, harmony with our Creator. Um... I'm going to do a bonus verse if I can find it. <laughs> Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. Abundant life is not isolated to finances. Abundant life can mean a free thought pattern. It can mean a mind. It can mean a heart that isn't heavy with trains of thought and burdens. Uh, an abundant life can be a relationship that is bursting with love. That you don't need a whole lot else. I want you guys to understand this. God is not afraid of you. Um, he is not afraid of the wires of your brain. It, he's not afraid of those frantic thoughts. He is not afraid of the misalignments of your heart. He is not afraid of how you really feel about him. So if you really have been doubting your salvation, or you really have been doubting his love for you, or you've really been doubting whether or not he's real, or you've really been doubting whether or not you can engage someone when you've been hurt, you can tell him all of that. You don't have to withhold that from him. He will share it with you. He will engage you there in that place and in that confession. And you can walk through the steps of grief and healing for that. You can walk through the steps of releasing that burden. And he will bear it because he is good. Um, and again, you guys, we can withhold all of these thoughts from our maker 
and tell our therapist in 20 years, or we could just tell him now and like move on. <clears throat> um, here's what we see in uh, charismatic denominations is that beholding and meditating and communicating um, eventually turns into escapism and that's not the purpose of this like communication confession uh, engaging with Yahweh it can take as much time as you want it to or it can be very simple um, this was not intended to be like an all time consuming thing where you like isolate yourself from the rest of the world. This is something where you've invited your maker to walk with you throughout the day. Let's go to Psalm. Right. Psalm 1434. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Meditate on the word day and night. Um, in some translations, it says meditate on the book of the law. Other translations say meditate on the word. Jesus was the word. Jesus is the word. We are made to be like him. So guess what? We should meditate on Yeshua. <laughs> May it be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. When you rejoice or you engage in joy or return joy, um, what you're doing is fostering relationship. Um, this is not, again, this is not escapism, but this is intentional action that you can take throughout your day to engage our Creator. Second um, Corinthians 3.18 And this is very text-heavy. This is very scripture heavy, um, and I don't feel bad about it. All right. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 3.18 And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory for in one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Our promise and what we were made to do is be with the Trinity, is to be with our Maker. It was to be in communion and in tight fellowship with Yahweh and Yeshua and the Holy Spirit. That's what we were created to do and to have dominion, not just salvation, but dominion over the earth. What does communion with the Father do? It gives us peace. It gives us knowing who we are, we are known, and gives us confidence in unity with the Trinity. Now, isn't this a little bit better than the shame narrative that we're taught at conversion? I think so, and I think it's a more complete picture. And here's the deal. Here's the deal about communication and uh, confession or connection is this depletes the codependent narrative so often we see in congregations um, that we're taught that we're supposed to be codependent and that we can't do anything without God and like we're just poor and miserable and we just can't do anything. That is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
the gospel of Jesus Christ is not to have us in constant um, pleas for mercy. The gospel of Jesus is not to have us constantly begging for forgiveness and salvation. That is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is acknowledging that we understand who God is because we know who Jesus is and that we cannot get there without understanding who Jesus is. We will talk about codependence later. Uh, but what I want to tell you, and I hope this has been clear tonight, Jesus is so much better than we've been taught. Okay? If our isolated experience with Yeshua is just conversion, if it's just so we don't go to hell, there is so much more than that. There's so much more we were created for. We were created for dominion, for creation. We were created to be co-heirs with Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father. That's what we were created to do. He has angels. He has, you know, his cherubs and his angelic host proclaiming his name. And yes, we get to partner with the angels uh, and do that as well. But that is not our sole purpose. Our sole purpose of being was to walk in communion with the Trinity. Um, this is Matthew. We're going to read one more verse and then I'm going to wrap up. Um, Matthew 16, 20. Now we're all familiar with this, but it never gets old. Uh, not Matthew 16, 20. Matthew 16, 15 and 16, 16. He said to them, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. I want that. I have that. I know who Jesus is. Um, and it, I don't know who Jesus is because he saved me from hell. I know who Jesus is because he walked through hard things with me. Now we can either invite Yeshua to go through these hard things with us, or we can stay codependent, expecting and begging him to fix something, or we can engage him in relationship. Now, all of this sounds very mythical and very mystic. And where's the how-to steps? I'm about to give them to you. Let me get a sip of water. Um, confession can sometimes be very audible, like what I'm, how I'm communicating with you guys right now. Or it can be a whisper. Uh, it can also be a journal entry. I encourage you, though, the, the wires of your brain and the tugs of your heart need to be audibly spoken so you can release so you can release that inner turmoil out. So example, you have toddlers, okay? Um, there is no problem with you saying, hey, wow, Jesus, this is overwhelming and I need help right now. Holy Spirit, we engage you, and I ask you to give me wisdom and peace for this. God, this sucks. This is hard. This is terrible. Um, God, this is hard. You don't even have to, like, pause for a moment and be false, you know, and engage in false humility and be sort of thankful. Like, the moments that, you know, your toddler had a fever that spiked, and, like, if you, example, in December, within five minutes, 
one kid threw dinner in the plate in the floor. Uh, her, she had a fever that spiked because of an ear infection. A son jumped off of his chair, landed on the pirate ship scooter. His nose started bleeding. All within five minutes of each other. In those moments, when you're feeling frantic, it's okay to pause and ask the Lord for wisdom. Um, and here's what it looks like. Whoa, hey, you guys, we need to chill. Holy Spirit, like, wherever you are right now, like, please show up. Uh, it can also look like uh, when you're joyful, like a happy moment, or you see God, uh, like, with that first parking spot, it's okay to rejoice for that good parking spot. It's okay to rejoice uh, when you have a good encounter or a good interaction with a customer. It's okay to tell God you were mad at him because you thought that he was going to show up in a certain way and he didn't. It is okay to confess your heart to him at any time. And it looks like audible spoken word. Um, maybe your time for that is when you're at home. Uh, or in your car, maybe it's the time that you spend before bed. But all of those thoughts that you stay up late at night thinking in your head, just go ahead and confess them out loud. All of those good ideas, all of those brain dumping ideas, confess them to your maker. Write them down so you don't lose them. Confess them to your maker and then watch those things come to fruition in your life. All right, I don't think we have anybody else live. Um, okay, um, I think that's it for tonight. Um, I'm going to pray for you guys, and then we're going to close out, and I'm going to go paint the kitchen. Holy Spirit, thank you for creating us to be co-creators and heirs with you. Um, Jesus, you are good, and you are faithful, um, and you did more than just hang on that cross, and you did more than just save us from hell. You invited us to have an understanding and a deep revelation of the Father through you. God, I ask tonight that, um, that we would feel your peace and that our hearts and our minds would be made whole and not afraid to share the inner workings of our minds and hearts with you. Jesus, I ask you to create and hold space for us Thank you for being the big brother who did this first. And thank you for making space for us to do this often. You are good and faithful. You are so good to us. Thank you for engaging in relationship with us. We desire to be close to you. We desire to be with you. We desire to be face to face with our maker. We want to know who we are because we know who our God is. And our God is the creator and maker of heaven, and we are a part of you. Thank you for your sovereignty. Holy Spirit, thank you for Shalom. Jesus, you are good and faithful. Thank you for being our friend. We bless your name. Amen. All right, you guys, that's a wrap. I will catch you guys next week.